Welcome back to episode five of Project Potential. Today's guest is Tyler Lafferty. He is a Spokane native entrepreneur. Um, a lot of us Gonzaga grads that are listening in will recognize the business, some of the businesses he has in Spokane. Um, I know the union is extremely popular with Gonzaga students. Um, I know Method Juice is the other one. Method Juice Bar, that one is crazy. Um, he has a few other agencies. Seven two, yeah, fourteen four strategy labs. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think one of the the most impressive things about this is he's not just an entrepreneur for personal gain, but a lot of his efforts um, are towards donate donations and um, helping other people. But he has a book coming out soon um, in the beginning of January. It's called "Be More Like You," um, and it's a, a fictional narrative. And it's a basically a kid who needs career help, and he finds mentorship um, from a successful woman. Um, but it's a very pertinent topic and something that we at Project Potential are very excited to talk about. So uh, thanks for joining us, Tyler. Appreciate this. Oh, Liam, Ryan, I'm grateful to be here. Thanks. Let's just jump right into the book a little bit. What inspired you to to write this and get into this? It's so it's so admirable just the the subject, learning about it. Well, it's a thing that we all face, right? I mean, like you kind of come along probably late high school uh, and everyone starts asking you like, what are you going to study? What are you going to do? What do you, what do you want to be when, you know, when you grow up? And it's like, we get bombarded with that question. And I would say the greater majority of us don't have a clue, right? We're like, I, I don't, I don't know. Um, I, you know, uh, I'm not sure. And I think that's a very typical fine answer because, you know, we don't. And I'd been speaking in a lot of uh, classrooms, both college, high school, and I'd been asked, you know, hey, Tyler, what's the advice that you would give um, uh, a college student who is, you know, trying to figure things out and, you know, is about ready to get ready, you know, join the business world? And and I kind of stepped back. I stood, stood back a little bit and I was like, well, taking it, you know, maybe back to um, even like starting of college, like, and I, so I wrote this presentation that was all about like, okay, it was called what I wish someone would have told me. And it was kind of this idea of like, okay, it, now I'm going to give you all my advice because I'm old and gray. And, uh, and so here's, here's my thing. And so I basically outlined, you know, all these things about what it was to truly follow your passion and what does that look like to take some risks. And I'll, I can explain all that, but you know, and so I put this all in this presentation and I was giving it uh, at these colleges and multiple places, and it was just resonating. People were like, oh my gosh, like this is so true, and I love what you had to say about that. I didn't even think of that. That's a, that's a great way. And mine is not only just like the message that I have is not only about kind of dream big and, and trust your instincts and lean into them and research them and do all this, but it's also trying to be prescriptive about how do you get there? So that's what I always say. The book helps answer what I want to do with my life. And how do I get there? So the how do I get there part is probably the most important. And that's what we really need to like, I unpack all these things of like what it looks like to actually get, uh, you know, informational interviews, job shadows, internships. What are some, you know, tips and tricks along the way that you can do and use and put in and try to 
help build your network of people that want to help you along the way in the industry that you're actually passionate about. So it really stemmed from that early presentation of trying to help students. And again, I've been speaking in classrooms for 20 years. Like that is a huge, huge, huge passion of mine. And, and I have a passion for bridging the gap between kind of the business world, industry, I would say, and education. And so trying to be, you know, help students build a bit of a pathway of like better understanding like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like I want to do that. One of our companies um, has over the years uh, built video games for Nintendo, for Nickelodeon, for Nick Jr. and things like that, right? So uh, mostly games that you would play either on an iPad or an iPhone or, or through your computer. And I like took that. I was like, wow, I got a great platform here to go talk to students about, hey, have you ever thought about designing and building web, you know, or excuse me, uh, video games? A lot of kids are like, well, no, I love playing video games, but, you know, I never thought of the person that designs them or programs them or does the audio, you know. And so if you really like trying to broaden students' minds to like the jobs, we all know about doctors, lawyers, dentists, firemen, and teachers, those five, very typical. But like, how do we broaden people's minds to be like, well, what do I truly want to do? And so the book aims to really, I created a framework. I call it the ideas framework. So it's uh, introspection, design, exploration, adaptability, and service. And so each one of those is a phased approach to like, how do you actually kind of go along this path and start to figure yourself out a little bit and then start to lean into, you know, something that you're passionate about and want to go into and then uh, and then kind of go full bore. And then, th I mean, the, the one that I tell people all the time that's incredibly important is the A, the adaptability. I Guys, I, I truly believe and I've seen it on a lot of different people that are, they're just scared of making the wrong decision, right? So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm paying all this money for college and I'm freaked out about kind of where I'm going. I, I don't even know. And, and so they're almost afraid to make a decision, afraid to move in a direction, and I, that's painful. I, I've seen it and it, it just, it hurts to see something like that. So I kind of wanted to help demystify this idea that you have to have it all figured out by 22 and you have to have, you know, know exactly where you're going. You have to take this exact perfect path to get to where you want to go. Nothing could be further from the truth. And, and if you've got it all figured out, more power to you. Run with it. That's great. I, I, I love that. And there, But, but the, the truth is if we could step back, use a growth mindset, Think a little bit about how I'm going to learn about all these things along the way. I'm going to take everything I learned, for, you know, in these different things and put them into, you know, where I go. So the adaptability part is to kind of being very open and listening and understanding yourself. What are you liking about this scenario? What are you not liking? And really trying to like say, hey, I'm going to give myself some grace to like learn and grow and that I'm going to kind of get down this path and, and figure some things out. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a, a lot of things to unpack there. Um, what, uh, in, in terms of the framework, what, who did you use as models? I'm assuming part of your experience, were there any, was there anybody else that you kind of modeled that framework after? There's a book by a guy named, uh, David Epstein called range. And he talks about like the value of lots of different experiences. And so, um, I, I really, I appreciated that. And I, and I, I really believed that, uh, I myself had a, 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 some, a number of different experiences that informed kind of where I was going and what I ultimately was passionate about. I didn't totally dig into really what I was truly, truly passionate about until I was about 29. So there was a lot of things along the way that informed that decision. And I was like, wow, I, I really dig this or I, I'm, I'm loving this or I'm, I'm really liking that. And so it wasn't until I was 29 that I really kind of took the entrepreneurial bug, started my first company with, a, with my partner 
And we, you know, he and I, it was then when we, when and I think the same would probably be true for him as well. He would say, I hadn't really, you know, figured it out until then. And so I think it's just, you know, that idea that, again, you don't have to have it all figured out and that you are moving in the right direction and that, that you're going to learn along that path. So that book, I think, was incredibly important. But then in my head, I really kind of took what I knew to be the advice that I was giving. And, and, and I was like, you know, I got to frame this a little bit better for people. And so they kind of understand. So I kind of looked at each section of what I was talking about and I broke it down that way. So I was like, okay, what can I give people here to be able to follow, to be able to digest and understand? The first one is, uh, is introspection, right? So looking inward, what, who are you? What are you about? Right? So in the book, I talk about taking some personality tests, you know, the Enneagram tests, uh, the Myers-Briggs personalities test. So starting to understand a who does that? We, you know, it, it's kind of gotten cool these days to kind of know that, but none of us ever did that long ago. It wasn't that popular. And, and truth be told, not a lot of us just take the time to actually stop and be a little introspective about like, what am I about? What do I care about? How, what is my personality? What types of things would align better with that? We don't, I don't think we, life is so go, go, go that we don't stop and do that introspection enough, let alone maybe even know how or what to do. And so the first part of it is really kind of better understanding yourself and then kind of having that model or ideals kind of out in front of you so that you're kind of always looking at them and going, does this kind of fit into who I am and what I'm about? And also recognizing that those can change. You grow as a human being. They, 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 you know, that's not always going to be that, you know, and you can obviously grow those themselves, those skills and interests. So that's like the big one at first is this introspection piece. And then the second part of introspection is actually truly digging into the, the passion part. And so like, what am I passionate about? Like, what do, what do I want to do? Where do I want to go? And I, here's my deal. I think so many people are afraid to dream big. I think they're afraid to actually start to really uh, say, yeah, that that is what I'm excited about. So in the book, it actually, um, Rory is his name. And Rory's interested in, uh, he's, he's taking civil engineering classes and he's like, man, you know, I don't know if I love this. Like, you know, his mom told him growing up that he was good at like building things and, 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 you know, taking them apart, putting them back together. But he's like, I don't, I, just, I don't know if that's me. And so he meets this woman who is a successful businesswoman and she becomes his mentor and she actually introduces him to the ideas framework. And as, as he's kind of working through the introspection part, this, like I said, the second phase is kind of leaning into, she asks him all these, these series of questions, you know, what, what gives you energy? Um, if, if, you know, if you had, if you could start something and you had, you knew that it would absolutely be successful, what would it be? And, you know, even back to that, like that old question of if money and time were no object, you know, what would you do with yourself? Well, how would you spend your time? Well, here's the deal. There are industries, multi-billion dollar industries around the answers in those things. And so as, as, and so many people, and they think about maybe the one thing they know of, whether that's like the, the sports star, right? The pro sports star or the singer or, you know, the pro snowboarder. We think about the, the person at the pinnacle. Well, there's industries around those whole things that you could potentially be a part of and be in and be excited about. And so, Rory, he basically kind of does all this work and, 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 and does his introspection piece. And he's like, you know, I'm actually really passionate about basketball. And I, I, I've always loved basketball. I, I loved it as a, as a kid. I was never good enough to, you know, go past high school. But 
I, you know, I follow all these people on social media. It eats up a ton of my time. I watch a ton of ESPN. It's, it's what I'm really passionate about. But who thinks, oh, I'm going to go into basketball, right? Unless you're, you're thinking about LeBron James of the world, and that's what so many people do, then they shut down the dream. Oh, well, I can't be LeBron James, so I, I'm not going to do it. That's a multi-billion dollar industry with cool, cool, cool jobs within, right? So that's what she t- starts to help him kind of understand is, is, is and, and honestly, on some level, give him the courage to be like, that's cool. Like, you, you lean into that. Like, okay, so you're passionate about basketball. Like, let's, you got to do some work now to figure out what else is there in that, you know, industry. And I think, again, guys, I think that's a big deal is I think a lot of people, when they think about what that is, like, again, I said snowboarding. I think that freaks people out. Well, I, I can't make a living at snowboarding. Well, n- maybe not as a pro snowboarder, but there are some amazing jobs within that industry that, you know, uh, I've been to the X Games. And let me tell you, that is so, I haven't, I, would, I didn't compete. Let me make, it, make that clear. <laughs> I went to the X Games for, for a work thing and I was with a client and it was the coolest, greatest atmosphere of all time. And there's people running around at the X Games doing all sorts of things. Um, we were in Aspen, Colorado. And, uh, so, you know, the, the, the pro snowboarders and everybody was, you know, the com- uh, competitors, it was such a cool environment to be a piece of. And I'm thinking that, you know, people who are just really, really passionate about those things, they got to realize that they've got to look bigger about the industry as a whole and not just about the one thing that they thought of. That's, uh, th- that's amazing when you said, in, uh, introspection in the beginning, because, I think at least what I've seen and just having recently gone through college, everything leading up to this point in graduation is like um, you're kind of shuffled into the system about like what you're supposed to be doing. But like I've found at least in the last couple of years, it's been really valuable for me to to do journaling and meditation and focus on what I'm actually passionate about. And I still don't entirely know. I'm trying to learn, but I, I feel like there's a power that comes with that, that like normal education doesn't really provide. Um, it's something else. And I think a lot of people are unhappy in their jobs. And so I think that's so admirable trying to encourage people to be introspective. Yeah. I, we, I, it, it, I think we're getting better at it. I really do. I think we're kind of figuring that out a little bit more, but, um, but for the longest time it was like, and, and <laughs> my dad, bless his heart would like, he was all like, Hey, you got to get a job so you can pay your rent and and pay your bills. And then, you know, maybe you can figure it out. And it was just like, get through, you know, dudes, I'm a political science major like this. Uh, I'm in digital. Are you? And I said, yeah, I'm I mean, not, I don't cool. want to go into politics. It's, it's cool to talk about, but I'm not going into that. No. And I wasn't even passionate about politics, believe it or not. I was wanting to go into the FBI. And so at the time it was very typical of people going into the FBI. It was get a political science degree, get a law degree, and then uh, go and uh, apply for the FBI. And I was like, okay, I'm like my junior year in college, I'm I'm getting my political science degree, which I didn't hate. Like it's, you learn to write and you're very analytical and you see both sides. I mean, there's some really great things about it. And I, again, I wasn't super passionate about politics per se, but I kind of got to this point where I was like, well, what if I don't a get into the FBI or, you know, or B, you know, decide that I really don't want to go that way. And then I'm like, well, if I have gone all this way and have a a law degree, do I really want to be a lawyer? Well, no, that's not really, I don't really want to fall back on being a lawyer. And so I was like, uh, this, I got to figure this out. And so, um, you know, for me, and then actually that's part of my journey is for me, 
I ended up getting some some really good internships. And one of the one of the first internships I ended up getting was with um, one of the early web development companies in Seattle. And I ended up kind of interning for them. Believe it or not, guys, I'm a little older than you are. So in this was in the mid '90s when the web was just getting going. And I, this sounds crazy, but I fell in love with that medium. I fell in love with the web. It was, I just thought it was so cool. The way you can connect to people uh, online, businesses could connect with their customers. I just thought it was super, super cool. And so, yeah, for me, it was just like, okay, I'm going to go get some internships and better understand and learn business and start to build my network of people who can help me kind of along the way. Hmm. I think that that question of why is so important. Like you didn't just find interest in the web. And then that was kind of it. You kind of, you like, you just answered it yourself. Why do I love the web? And I feel like people don't ask themselves that enough. Like there's interests and then there's passions. I feel like that has, to or be they're separated. not listening, right? Like they're, they're, they're not paying, they're not like put stand outside of you. I mean, that's part of it. And one of the questions I have in the book is like, what are the professions that your friends say you should be doing? Like p- other people can look at us and be like, oh, you'd be so good as a sportscaster or, oh, you'd be so good at, you know, th- oh, you're so good with numbers. Have you thought about, you know, accounting or this or, you know, and it's, it's sometimes we need somebody on the outside a little bit going, oh yeah. You know, like telling us that that's because they see it and we just don't. And, 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 and so I think there's huge value in that as well is like kind of stopping and going, asking some questions and learning, you know, and again, we're so go, go, go. And, and let's be honest, in many respects, and I think in, in, in the kind of current, in your guys' generation a little bit, is like the access to quick and the right information at your fingertips with your phone or whatever. Like it's trained our brains a little bit of like, wait, stop. You want me to, you want me to slow down, be introspective? And like we're not really trained that way. So it takes a little bit of energy and, and let's be honest, a little bit of uncomfortableness <laughs> to kind of step outside and like try to be that introspective. And then trust that – some of the things that bubble up are actually worth researching and learning about. And, and honestly, I think some things that we think are too hard or, or just like, oh, uh, you know, I don't know, like give you pause are because you just don't have enough information yet. So if you actually get over that hump, do a little bit more research, better understand the industry, what are the jobs inside that industry, do some research. I mean, let, all that information is online. You can find that stuff everywhere. But it takes us being like, okay, I got to take some energy to, to, to just get over that hump and do this, this work. And so I think once people do, they're like, oh, that, okay, that's kind of cool, or I didn't know that, or I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean into that a little bit more. And it starts to open up doors, and, and, and you start seeing more things like, wow, I am actually really passionate about that. One of the questions is, you know, what are the, the, the five top um, social media uh, accounts that you follow that aren't, you know, comedy or uh, famous people? Right. So like, and you start to look at those and like, what are the industries around those? Why do, why do you find interesting? Why do you, why do you think that's cool? Why is that interesting to you? You know, and to lean into some of those things a little bit and start asking yourself like, yeah, what's up about that? Yeah. It's interesting how a lot of the answers I feel like are already available. Like that Instagram thing, people don't even know that they're following what they're really passionate about. They just kind of passively do it. And they never take that time to stop and ask, okay, why do I follow Let's this just do a music podcast. page? Maybe I Let's do a whole other podcast with Ryan and we'll workshop this with him and just like walk him through like all these questions. No, I'm just, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd love to. <laughs> well, when you on the book, I'll, I'll, I'll give you an advanced of the manuscript and you can yeah, read I, it and figure it out. <laughs> sounds good. I, I want to say one thing, guys. And I, I, I think we also have to be careful. And I kind of said it right there and, and I'm going to, 
pull back is I said, you know, hey, I'm going to we're going to, you know, we're going to help you figure out what that is. We I think we're always going and believing that it's this one thing that, oh, I'm I'm wired to like really be this one thing. And so that's like finding your soulmate and that's like freaks everybody out. Right. So but if you're like, you know, I'm kind of I'm a complex guy, I like lots of different stuff. There's lots of things I'm passionate about. You have to give yourself some grace to be like, there's probably two or three or four different industries that I could actually start to do some research in and start to learn about and really start to pour myself into and, and not just believe that there's the, the one or that, or, or that, you know, we're going to this one, you know, that, that it, it leads to this one destination. I, again, that book David Epstein wrote called range talks about value of learning a lot of different stuff in a lot of different scenarios at a lot of different jobs and things like that. So you then kind of learn about yourself that you then go, Oh, I actually am good at that. Or I like that. Or, you know, that's, Oh man, I, you know, and we also got to remember Taking a job or doing something that you don't like is almost as valuable as finding something that you love because you're like, oh, that is awesome. Now I know that that is not me. I'm not, I, that, I get no energy from that. I don't want to move in that direction. There, that's a really, that's valuable. Do you find those, ex- those other experiences that uh, if you diversify your life and with various passions and interests, do you find that that helps you in maybe the job that you do the most? Like the combination of all those experiences, it makes you an interesting person. It, it, it gives you a skill set that you might not get just by focusing on one thing. Because you said people are complex, and I, I agree. I think that's true. And one of the things I talk about in the book is, is, is think about scenarios and situations and experiences you've been in and how they could play to your advantage in, a, in an interview. Right. And it might be in uh, it doesn't have to be in like a, a full on job interview. But it could be in trying to get a job shadow or, or an internship. But like, you know, think about something you learned in a scenario. Maybe you did construction and it helped you figure out, you know, the the, the a good work ethic and things like that. But think about every scenario or you you traveled. I think I talked in the book a little bit about traveling and like, you know, the, the value potentially if you've done some traveling, which, again, we all haven't been able to do a lot of traveling especially recently, but um, the idea of if, if you learn something about another culture, which hel- helped you relate to people at your last job, right? You're sitting in front of somebody. They're like, Oh, that, that's legit. Like, thinking, like, yeah, that, that speaks so much to me. Like I, I spent 11 months in Italy and I'm hoping to go back at the end of next month for half a year. Cause I'm super passionate about that culture and the language. And I have some of my best friends are over there. And that's one thing that's like, totally helped me in so many different aspects of life aside from it. Just with so many things, it's expanded me. So I I can totally relate to that. That's awesome. I love that you're leaning into that as well. And you're kind of going to to be back there and try to figure some things more out and and maybe do some research while you're there. That's killer. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think introspection is a central theme to most people's success stories. Um, So Tell us a little bit about why you chose Be Like You <laughs> to be the title. Well, yeah. So um, Be More Like You is really about, Be More Like You is really about this. I mean, it's this idea that those kind of, you're 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 different than me and uh, I'm different than you or him or her or whatever. And you're kind of innately, you know, there's things about you that have driven your interests and your skill sets and things like that. And instead of going and trying to like completely go figure something else about some other random thing, like, like look inward, right? It goes back again to that introspection is, is I use the word I use. I I should probably find out what's the word I use the most in the book, but the word alignment comes up a lot. 
alignment, right? So aligning with kind of who you are and what you're about when you know yourself and you know what you're passionate about, but you know, getting that alignment, um, it really is that idea of trying to get people to think like, hey, be more like you, like you have great things inside of you. There's certain things you're passionate about. Draw those out, explore those, learn more, have the confidence and you know the will to be able to do that. Again, confidence is a big one because we're so worried like, oh, I can't make it in that or that's, that's only for certain types of people. That's not for me. Well, no, if you put the energy and effort and, and start to network and, and, and meet people that are help you along that journey, like you can go in those directions. You, you And just sometimes it's having that confidence to be able to do that. So it's really a, a kind of a, a call to for people to be introspective and 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 to say, hey, I, there are some wonderful things about me. There are there are reasons why I love this over that. Like I need to I need to lean into that a little bit more and kind of figure out why that is and then see if that's something that, that could really work for me as a as a profession. Yeah. Looking inward. Um and I, I'm seeing a common theme of like fear here. I, I know earlier you mentioned a lot of people are scared to dream big or they're scared of getting uncomfortable. Why do you, maybe it's a cultural answer, but like, why do you think it's such a pertinent issue? Guys, I've sat with people and tried to give some career advice and move them you know, down a path or just to try to help them with some options. And literally like tears start kind of welling up. And because they're so freaked out about having to make that exact right next step to 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 make sure that you know I, I get the right internship so I can get the perfect job and 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 we've got to like dispel that myth like people got to have more courage and realize like hey like failure's okay right so I think the fear is a little bit of fear is I mean I mean I don't want to dive into the whole social dilemma if you will but like you know. We, we see everybody's highlight reel on social media and we see the best. We see like the best of the best and it's so good. And we forget that we're all fumbling around like goofing up and, 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 and you know, failing. And, and failure can be really, really valuable. I mean, in the entrepreneurial world, right, in the startup world, we celebrate failure. That means you're, you've learned something and that, that didn't work and you've got to move and, and pivot and go in a different direction. Why can't we celebrate that in, in, you know, in, our, in our personal lives when it comes to maybe choosing you know, what we want to do with our lives? Like, there's nothing wrong with that. It's actually, you know, it can be really fantastic and, and great. But I don't want, I mean, whoa, I don't want people to know that I, you know, that I screwed up or that I did that, right? And so we're so used to seeing the highlight reel in, in our things that I think the fears just wells up inside us, right? Well, I saw my friend and, and she got the perfect, you know, she's she's going to that right accounting firm that's going to get her to, the, you know, it's just like, I get that. And I think that's there, but, uh, and I use the word grace a lot. We got to give ourselves some grace to be like, hey, you know what? I'm going to learn what, you know, what's good and how I'm going to figure this out. And I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to see what's, what works and what doesn't. And I think that, again, I talk about the growth mindset, right? You guys, I'm sure, have heard about the fix and the growth mindset. But having that growth mindset and believing that that failure is something that can help you to grow and move in the right direction. And so, yeah, I think it's just uh, it's just we're scared and we don't we don't we don't believe that um, that it that you don't have to have it figured out by 22. That 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 it's okay if if you know you get this certain job at 22 and it's not the perfect best one. And you might have to tell people that you didn't get the the most perfect job, but you're going to take it and you're going to learn from it and you're going it's going to be good for you. And then maybe in a year or two you're going to pivot to do something else. You're going to learn from that. And you know I talk about the winding path, and that's what I like. If you think about it from a visual. You got to kind of look at your lear your learning and growth as a winding path. There's so much 
great things to be learned on the winding path. And so, um, no such, you know, no such thing as losing, just learning. And that's, that's a, another one I put in the book. Uh, there's a lot of goofy Tylerisms, I guess, or something. I don't know, but, but, um, but I truly believe that, right? Like no such thing as losing only learning. And, and if you embrace, you know, the winding path that you will actually find success, I, I guarantee it. Wow. I think what, uh, what I hear kind of what you're saying too, is, um, when you mentioned the thing about social media and the highlight reels, I've often wondered how that subconsciously affects people, whether they actively realize it or not. Um, at least I know in my mind, when I see something on social media, like I don't, I'm not actively comparing it in my conscious mind, but I'm really curious if it's doing something in the back of your head that kind of, you know, it changes the way you view something. And, uh, something I've noticed also is I think, would you, would you say there's like, like a competition mindset for people where they maybe they feel this anxiety to compete and to, to, you know, and it might be scary to, to do something that's a little different. You know, you know, Ryan, I appreciate you saying that because I think that competition, whether that, you know, the competition mindset is incredibly huge in college, right? Because who's getting the next best thing and and got the best job. And, and we like, and I, I got into that and, and especially got into that. I, you know, I did some stuff. I had some friends. It's, it's even heightened in my opinion on the East coast, or at least it was 20 years ago. Um, that was a, you know, like what grad school are you going to? And like, you know, where are you getting your MBA? And I'm just like, uh, I don't know. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm like, I'm, uh, you know, and so I think that is right. And we don't, we don't give ourselves enough grace to be like, yeah, I'm going to figure this out. And I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to learn from this opportunity. I'm going to learn from that one. I'm going to be on this winding road. And I'm cool with that. I'm cool because it sounds way better when you know exactly what you're going to do and it's all figured out. And, and, you know, and again, this book is trying to help people with that. So it, it kind of forces you to uncover some stuff, but this book doesn't solve the thing for you. I mean, by any stretch, right? Like you got to put in the energy to kind of, okay, I got to, I got to figure this out a little bit and do some work. And, and it's just hopefully a guide for like purposeful direction. I want to like push you in a direction that you're going to hopefully learn some things along the way about yourself and start to, un- and that, that after you've read the book and after you put some time into it, hopefully, you know, you're somewhere farther along getting closer to what you maybe want to be doing than you were before you read it. That's, you know, that, that's really what I want to kind of push people down, um, help them down that road a little bit better for themselves. Yeah. I really appreciate this talk, just hearing what you're saying and I could totally use this book for sure. I could have, like, I'm really excited about this. And that was part of the reason Liam and I started this podcast was like, we're recent college grads. It's this period of like, so what next? How, how do, what are we doing as we're getting out into the world? And so this is really valuable stuff. It's it. Well, it's very universal, right? Like we all, that, that's the thing, you know, I, it's funny, like, our, our, our mutual friend, Claire, who's, who's awesome and love her to death. And she's helping with a bunch of the, the marketing on this, which I'm so grateful for, but she's like pushing me to like, Hey, who are we, who, we need to figure out like, who are we marketing this to? Who, who, who's going to find value in this? I struggle with that question. Cause I'm like everybody like, and that's, that's a, like in marketing. That's the worst answer. Like I have the product for everybody. Like that's a horrible thing, but it, it, it's, it's true that it's universal to so many of us. Uh, that, that, it, that, it, you know, I, that's, that's, what I think honestly, like was the impetus to actually putting this down and committing to writing a book, which was no easy task, right? Like to commit to actually write this book. But I was like, you know what, if this can help a couple people, 
it's worth it. I'm doing it. I'm, 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 I gotta do it. And you know, let's be, maybe six people read the book. Well, hopefully the two of you. So I'll get a couple more. Great. We got at least six people. And, and if, if, you know, three of them can find value, I, I hope that, of course the numbers way giant that way north of that, but I, you know, I, I just, I had to get it out and like, Hey, I do believe on some level that there's some, in, there's some information here and there's a bit of a framework that could help people. So yeah, that's, it was, that's why I wanted to. Yeah, it's funny how there's like not a lot of, I mean, it sounds like you're, you're not really expecting much, not from the, from the standpoint of like, Oh, this isn't a very good book, but it's like, Hey, like one person gets help. That's enough. And I feel, I feel like there's so, there's a, there's a very common theme for a lot of people and their success of like it's not about the numbers it's about the impact and i feel like those people end up making it and those are the people that are that are really getting success because they're not basing it off of some arbitrary foundation it's entirely based off of how can i help well liam i think that's true and i think the book i talk a lot about finding purpose fulfillment and happiness and oftentimes that aligns with helping people and you know and I, I've been trying to do that in my the nonprofit work that I do. Um, I try to do that as a being a good employer, right? And so I find a lot of fulfillment in that. And there's a lot of purpose in that when, when you actually are trying to he- genuinely help people. If this book can sell millions, awesome. I would love that. And, and because I want to give some of the proceeds away as well. So that would be, you know, we, we plan to help uh, to, with some nonprofits with that, which would be super cool with some of the proceeds. Um but yeah, I mean, it's just, I know that when I hear you guys say, oh, this would be really valuable. I could use this. That to me is, is golden. That's just so good to hear that kind of thing. And it's, it's crazy how, like you asked yourself the question or maybe Claire asked like, who are you trying to market it to? But I think like you said, it's just, it, it applies to everybody and it just shows how similar we all are. And I think, I think sometimes people make the mistake that like, Oh, like if you're reading this health self-help book, you want to be a serial entrepreneur or you have to go start the next billion dollar company. But I, it's, it's interesting how people don't realize that these type of introspective guidelines or these frameworks apply to anything. Like if you want to be a librarian or it, it's just, it's literally about this introspection. And that's what I think it comes back to you saying fulfillment and happiness. I don't think you can find those without introspection. Yeah, I, I, I agreed. And I think even, you know, being able to pull a couple of, of valuable, you know, gems from that, uh, from a book you read, whether it is my book or whether it's a book about, like you said, entrepreneurship or something like that, there's going to be a couple of things that just really resonate with you. They're like, I'm putting that, you know, into practice in my next thing or something like that. And I love that too. That's the value of so much of those great books. I just think, I, I think it's interesting how a lot of, uh, books have typically just been about ideas like it's it's a lot of okay what are you passionate about what are you passionate about but I think I what I'm what I'm starting to understand about be more like you is you're like okay yeah you got to find out what you're passionate about but that's like the very beginning like that's when the work starts and you're given these actionable steps and uh, how, how did you go about approaching such a broad topic into kind of compartmentalizing them into these for uh, the these five steps yeah so i uh, um i really thought about you know the purple people that were going through it all of the the students that i've mentored over the years and and knowing what was going to be important to them along that journey and what i knew they had to do and so you know after you get through the introspection phase and you do kind of those two steps 
the the design phase, the D is really about like identifying, okay, I've done some research here. I think I've honed in on the industry that I, I'm passionate about. Now I got to actually start looking at the job type. So, right, so many people look at job type first and then try to apply it to an industry. I'm trying to flip that. I'm really trying to get people to think about a, a larger industry that they're passionate about, that, that drives them, that they want to lean into, and then start to identify some job types that maybe align with your, you know, some of that introspection work you did in terms of, you know, some of your skill sets and kind of who you are and your personality and that kind of stuff. And so, so the design portion is really trying to figure out like, all right, I need to start identifying the types of people that I need to start reaching out to. And maybe you, you know, you do much research online. Maybe you start to look through LinkedIn. You start to ask your, you know, your parents, friends and, 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 you know, your parents, your parents, friends, all that kind of that network. You kind of try to exhaust every network, trying to design who are the types of people you want to then go, you know, maybe it's a specific job type that you want to learn more about. So maybe you start to read, you know, look online in an industry that you're passionate about and you start to look for jobs to there. And then you start to identify a company that has those types of jobs. And then you go into LinkedIn or maybe find some of those people. Right. And then, you know, design is trying to figure out like, okay, if I'm going to learn more about this, I got to design out what this kind of looks like and who do I need to start to reach out to, to do some informational interviews. Cause that's a really big part of it. It's like starting to learn. You got to start to better understand the day-to-day -day of this job. What's it about? What's it entail? And so you start to design, what does that actually, who are the types of people that I need to reach out to? And then even specifically, who are those people? I'm going to start to, you know, to make some, some, some introductions, or I'm going to start asking and, 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 you know, through LinkedIn or through my you know parents or their friends or whatever, but I'm going to start to try to get, you know, so then the E, the exploration is actually the go and do. So it's actually having that informational interview and setting up five of those, right. And, and maybe 10, but like going and doing it and, and actually, you know, going and doing, getting a job shadow at, at, you know, at a place, hopefully, and I believe we will, we'll get back to a point where you can get back into the office and do a job shadow in an office, or I mean, we're going to figure out, you know, zoom job shadows. It's, we're going to figure it out. It's, it's going to happen, but you know, more of that kind of thing, but the exploration is the go and do and actually getting the, the internships, right. And, and actually having those are going and having some, you know, getting it, the value of doing interviews and actually learning to interview better and doing all that and, and, and getting your resume to a great place. And that's the go and do. And then, like I said, the adaptability, that is the A is, is just to really kind of be almost introspective again and say like, okay, I, I really thought I was going in this direction and this is what I wanted, but being okay with maybe a pivot or, or, a, or a change and being adaptable to the next thing and, and being okay with that. Maybe I thought this is what it was, but it's not, I really want to move, move this way. So being okay, you know, and even potentially, and you said it, I think Liam about like journaling or that kind of stuff, um, the importance of that, maybe it was you, Ryan, I apologize, but like have, understanding and knowing that the importance of that and having it in front of you. Right. And so, that's, I think that's really, really a big deal. And, 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 I, and again, a practice that not many of us do, uh, myself included before. I mean, you know, it's something I've learned the value of and, and think there's, you know, that it should, needs to be done. But well, I didn't never did this when I was going through it back at the time. But, you know, I, I certainly coach people now on the, the importance of that. And then, you know, the, the last piece actually is, is, is a little bit outside of some of this stuff. But we talked, we, we barely talked about it from the sense of, 
the finding, you know, purpose and fulfillment and happiness. I think if you if you align yourself with the right job, the right industry, with the right job, you actually will find purpose, fulfillment, and happiness. I truly believe that because you'll be like, I'm I'm living into me and I'm doing what brings me joy and energy. And, and that's that's a beautiful thing. But there is another way to go about that. And we talked about it, we, we hinted on it. It's helping others, right? So the S is actually I'm I'm sneaking in this other piece of service and the importance of actually serving other people, whether it's through, you know, charity work, volunteering, that kind of thing. And so the importance of, you know, you can get so much fulfillment, you know, and so let's say you don't really end up or in whatever part of your journey, you're not loving what you're doing at the time. You're not finding fulfillment and purpose in the, in the employment that you currently have. That happens. And we are, we all, you know, we're all again, a part of that winding path. But even in those times, you can go out and do some volunteer work and help somebody else, uh, give whatever you possibly can from a, a financial standpoint, you know, like that, there is such great fulfillment that can come from that as well, from serving others. And so that's a big, that's a part of the component of the book as well. It's just trying to raise that awareness for people that, you know, that, and hopefully people, you know, figure out like to just weave it into their life, which that's kind of what I've done over time is like a lot of the, the nonprofit board work that I do, or even the volunteer charity work that I do, like just try to weave it in as part of my life because let's, let's face it. It's selfish. Like, yeah, I'm helping somebody, but I get a ton from it and I find such value in it. And it makes me feel good because I do feel like I'm doing the right thing. And I believe in the, you know, the golden rule do unto others. I just think that that's a really big deal. And so you can get so much from that. So trying to kind of let people understand that. So, so long story long of your question, I think I realized what were those different components that people kind of needed to walk down that path that we're going to help them prescriptively kind of get to where they want to go. And I just found a fancy acronym to put it in. That's super powerful. Yeah. And um, you talk a lot about generosity and, and giving to other people's and living in service. And um, when you said like, oh, it's selfish to because it benefits you. Do you find that that helps? Like it's a cycle, then that helps you perform and give more to others, like feeling empowered about yourself. Yeah, I think it's okay to recognize that, right? I think it's okay to recognize that. Wow, I and, and uh, so I'm a, I do, I'm a on call driver for Meals on Wheels. Um, you know, giving giving uh, seniors uh, uh, some uh, food, and so they'll they'll call me and say, Hey, Tyler, we have a route tomorrow. We you, you know you come do this or whatever. And there'll be times where I'm like, oh gosh, I don't, you know, I don't want to go do this. And, but, you know, but, and then I do it and I'm like, yep, that's why I do it. And it just like, and, and it brings me back every time. Like that was so fulfilling, so worthwhile. I'm so glad I could help those people. And, and I think it's okay to recognize that and to feel that and it to be symbiotic, right? You're getting something out of it. You're helping somebody else. That's beautiful. I mean, that's a, that's a great world to live in. Yeah. That brings up an interesting idea that that definitely affected me while I was in school. It seems like you're you're really emphasizing that the kind of the key to to finding your passion is equal parts information as it is action. You have to learn about what you want to do, but then you have to do it because I you know I think obviously truth comes from experience, not from from knowledge, I guess. And but what I found was when I was in school, when I was at Gonzaga, you know, it's a great school. They don't necessarily push a lot of independent um, pursuit of, of what you love. It's more of like, let's all kind of like 
learn the same ideas and follow the same values, which is great. But I found at some points I was like going crazy because I was like, okay, I've learned all these things. I'm reading these books, taking these philosophy classes, but I didn't find a lot of opportunity to take action. So how, how would you talk to a college student that's like, hey, like I have all these ideas, but I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know if I have time to, to start a podcast or whatever. How would you go about like starting that conversation and even just taking those baby steps with someone who's you know, so busy with classes and extracurriculars. Yeah. And I appreciate you said there's definitely some action that has to come from that. And we kind of have to remember that. And, you know, for me, I, I, I really push the idea of informational interviews can be such a great way to start to learn a few things about whether you're liking or disliking this kind of thing. So informational interviews are killer for two reasons. One, you're learning something about the industry that you're trying to, you know, better understand and do that. So you're getting some valuable data that's going to help you inform a decision of what you want to do. But two, it's also actually you're building a network of, of people that you now know within that industry. And there might come a time when they have a job shadow, an internship available or something like that that you need to do. And so there's, we need to remember those two things about you know, the value of informational interviews. And, and most people, if you reach out, like again, whether it's over LinkedIn and you know, put some context in why you're reaching out and why you want, you know, hey, I would love to be able to, to ask you a few questions about the industry. I'm thinking of maybe going into that and I want to better understand it. Most people will give you the time and say, you know, I always say, hey, ask somebody for 20 minutes and you'll probably take 30 or 40 or 50, but ask for 20, which sounds very digestible. And, you know, and you can ask a lot of good questions in 20 minutes and learn a lot of stuff. But again, from an action standpoint, A, you got to put, you know, you got to go out and do that. You got to do the research to find those people. B, you've got to then put the, put the questions together and know kind of what you want to you know, what you want to learn. And when you're trying to better understand the day to day or what they love about that job, or what they don't, you know, there's a lot of good things there. Um, but I think, you know, moving in those directions, doing that research uh, to find out what it is that you might be interested in and, and, and kind of recognizing that it is a path and that it's not just like this light bulb that comes on, like, boom, I figured it out. I know exactly like, no, every, your, your work and your research and your informational interviews, and maybe even going, you know, and, and I push this for sure. It's like doing a job shadow or doing an internship, but like getting down that path and doing it's, you know, progressively, you're going to learn more and more and more, and it's going to inform those decisions. And so once we, again, have that information, we tend to then, it makes it easier to, to lean into something and make decisions um, in one way or the other about that stuff. So that's, I think a lot of people are afraid because you said they're busy and all that. I totally get that. But they're afraid to take the time and energy to, to, to maybe just dip their toe and start to learn a little bit more down that path. But I think they'll be surprised at what they learn if they do and the networks that they can start to build if they, if they put the energy in. I can just, I can just say firsthand from what you were talking about. I'm, um, I'm about to take my real estate licensing test. I'm not sure if real estate's going to be my thing, but I'm just giving it a shot. And um, a couple months ago, I reached out to the, to, uh, I found a list of the top realtors in San Diego because that's where I want to live. And I actually went down there and met with them. And they were so, they were so nice and welcoming just to offer their time. And um, I've had e one of them even say there could be an opening someday for me at, at uh, their La Jolla office, which is a great area. So we'll see. I don't know if that's what I'm going to do, but it's exactly that, you know, just taking the initiative to reach out to those people because it may sound scary, but they're just people, you know, and people love to help. 
Well, one, Ryan, congratulations for taking some initiative to do that. I think that's killer. You're going to learn a lot uh, along the way, which is fantastic. And two, I totally agree with you in the sense of, you know, you never know what reaching out to these people, what, you know, one of the questions you can, once you reach out to somebody, excuse me, you learn a little bit about the industry, asking some questions, you know, one of the things you could say, Hey, is there anybody else that, you know, in this industry or in something, you know, close or around this industry, somebody else you think I should talk to with a different perspective? And you never know who are the other people that they might be able to, you know, network you into and, and, and learn from. Yeah. You know, I had an opportunity um, that it, it was actually with Claire where I was talking. So this is, I just tell a story because I think it's interesting about where something can go. Claire and I were talking and it was, it was honestly when she kind of came initially to me and did an informational interview, she wanted to just learn. This was a year ago or more, a year and a half ago. She wanted to learn about kind of my businesses and what we were doing. And, you know, she reached out and we did an informational interview. We actually did it in person way back in the, in the old days. Uh, we did it in person uh, pre COVID. Right. Um, and so one of the things, you know, that she said was like, Hey, I'm looking at possibly going to, to or Portland. I want to get to Portland and maybe do a summer internship, internship there. Do you know anybody? Well, there's a guy who, who is in an agency over in Portland and I had, I reached out to him and I, I just sent him a note and I was like, Hey, I know this, this, this woman that I met with, uh, she's a student at, at Gonzaga. She's really smart. Uh, I really enjoyed my time with her. She's a real go-getter. I said, and, and then I happened to mention, uh, or I said, she's looking for like potential summer internships. I don't know if you guys know, have anything or what's going on. I go, and I, and I think I, in my description of her, I also said, Oh, and she's a, you know, runs on the cross country team. Well, he writes back. He's like, Oh, that's really interesting. She sounds cool. Um, we actually might be doing something with Adidas running over the summer. Maybe she would be a good fit for that. And I'm just like, what? Like, oh my gosh, like how crazy cool would that be? You know, and, and Claire ended up doing something else, which was amazing and right up her alley and, and it worked perfectly for what she was doing. But just for us to kind of uncover that and for that to potentially been a road that she could have gone down and learned a little bit more. If she hadn't have asked me if I, you know, if I knew anybody in Portland and it, it, it just, you know, it's almost a game. And I kind of joke and, and talk about this is, is you can gamify this. Like who, who is the next potential contact that could, who know open, who knows the door for me that could get me, you know, a realtor in, you know, in, in San Diego or work for some cool firm or what, I mean, it's really amazing. And so I, 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 I don't know. I, I highly recommend uh, that because if you can think about that and, and the value and the importance of networking, which again, let's be honest, most of us are like, Ugh, networking, I don't, uh -uh, don't want to do that. But if you look at it from an informational standpoint, I'm going to learn some things. I'm going to meet some people like you can do it. And I've seen the most introverted people actually do that and, and find huge value in it. It's, it's interesting you say that because I think throughout my journey of finding connections and networking, there's this very strong correlation between successful people and how much they're willing to help. Because I think they, they understand, like they've been in your exact position, they've been looking for the right connections, and then they realize the importance of knowing somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. And they're like, oh, yeah. And I think it's very scary for people to start out reaching out to those successful people because they get this idea that they're whatever they are. And it's this image. I definitely went through the same thing a few years ago. Um, I reached out to my dad's high school friend who lived in New York. And I just knew I wanted to go to New York City. Had no idea for what. Um, and at first, you know, I was super nervous. I was like, oh, this guy runs a really successful ad agency in New York City. Like, he's going to be 
rough and tough. Like we're going to have a five minute conversation. He's going to shoot me off, but it was a great conversation. And I was like, okay, is this what it's really like? Like, are these the connections that you'll be talking to? And sure enough, like you said, the opportunities came up and he eventually just asked this question of like, well, what industry are you interested in? And I think that is a big question it gets down to. And that honestly, I wish I would have read your book when I was like a freshman in college because that question of, okay, what industry do you want to go into was probably the most important question anybody had ever asked me because that stemmed a ton of conversations with my parents, with my close friends, with some teachers that was like, I have to, I have an option of potentially a really good contact in a number of industries. What do you think? And people came down to, they were like, well, you love music. And it was, it was like you said, the people that are around you just tell you these things that you knew, but you weren't consciously aware of. And I think that industry question is so important. But, you know, going back to the issue of college, sometimes colleges don't provide education or actionable steps towards certain industries. So what, like what, what happens if someone is in school, say they're at Gonzaga, and they're like, oh, I actually want to be an actor. And they have to kind of pivot. And what, what would you, how would you kind of approach that? Maybe not actor specifically, but people who kind of want to pursue an industry that they don't have an exact access well i mean even taking that one um specifically liam like about acting i you know i'd say you know start reaching out to some talent agencies locally and start asking questions tell them tell them your story what you are what you're about i think i might want to move into this and you know and and get a perspective on the industry get them to tell you about you know what they and 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 what he says might be different than what she says might you know and so you got to take everything with a little bit of a grain of salt and like start to do that um, but I, you know, that is, is a big deal. There's, you know, we could probably get online and start finding places down in LA in New York, you know, and start and start, you know, okay, well, I, I gotta start. And again, I think it comes with this idea of, I just need to know more about the industry. I need to start doing some research. I need to start looking at, and there's, what's crazy is there's so many different, like, I want to be an actor. There's probably 150 websites that will de- help you describe like what, what you need to do and what that looks like. And so, so, you know, you need to get headshots. You need to start getting your own reel. You need to, it's like, start here, do this. And again, it goes back to that, like getting little bits of information kind of builds confidence. Like, Oh, okay. I, I see that. And you start filling in the, you know, these holes of like, Oh, okay. I'm starting to build a better picture of what this might look like. Or again, you might go like, oh, I don't, nope, 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 nope. Don't want to be a part of that. No, thank you. No, thank you. Which is great, right? So don't, I think there's there's value on both sides of kind of what that looks like. But it's just, you know, stepping out and and trying to, and, and the person you talk to, let's say in, in, in that scenario is going to probably give you three other, you know, things that you should go look at. Or So it's like, just start taking some baby steps and start learning a few things. And more than likely, that's going to lead to tentacles into other things where they're going to like, oh, you need to go talk to this person or, oh, have you ever been to this website? This has a really good resources on this kind of thing or, you know, and you're going to get more from different people along the way. I know you touched on it a little bit, but I would love to talk a little bit more about the mentor dynamic in the book. And I don't, I don't, you know, if we're kind of getting too much info out of the book, um, I think mentors is a very mystical concept for uh, a lot of people. I know for me, it was super intimidating and especially at school. Um, so like, how, how do you think people should approach finding a mentor? Say, say they know somebody 
and it's not personally. How do how would you recommend they go about finding a mentor, asking the question, reaching out? Well, I think that if 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 you start to find somebody through your dealings, whether it's an informational interview you did or through um, you've you've heard about some person or it's a friend of your parents, like you said, or something like that. I think you can absolutely, you know, kind of initially approach it as an informational interview. And so they get to know you and kind of, you know, it, and you got to come correct, right? You got to come prepared with, you got to, when you want to sound smart and they're like somebody that they want to put their energy and time into. But if you start to just do some informational questions and start to learn that, and then you kind of get to the end and be like, Hey, I've just really, really found value in this time. And I really believe I kind of want to move in this direction in this industry. And it seems like that you've been able to, to offer some, some valuable advice along the way. Do you think we could maybe sort of kind of set some sort of a, you know, mentorship, mentorship type of relationship? I, I don't want it to be, you know, it doesn't have to be a huge commitment. You know, even if I can just like reach out and, and email you some questions, or if we could talk on, you know, via, you know, uh, video chat or, or once a month or, or once a quarter, but you know, if you could just potentially be a resource for me, I would be really, really grateful and honored if, if that's a possibility. And I think you'd be surprised that, you know, that uh, the people that'll be like, you know, yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll do that. I'm willing to do that. Let's make that happen. But you also have to be okay with it, like, Hey, gosh, I, I, I hear you where you're coming from. I don't think I'm going to be able to do that for you. I'm just way too busy. You got to be okay with the rejection. Right. And that's what usually stops us from even asking in the first place is because we're going to get rejected and that hurts. And I don't, you know, and I get that, that that's for all of that. that fear, that fear, it's fear right. And, and that, and that's cool. But I think if you go into it, knowing that that's a, that that's a possibility then. And when it happens, you're just like, Oh, no problem. And you respect that. And you move on to the next one and you find another or, you know, or, or even ask that person like, Hey, is there somebody else you think that maybe I could, you know, I could talk to and, and maybe do an informational interview with, and then, you know, see if they might be a fit and they may or may not, you know, give you somebody, but I think it's just kind of moving down that path, but you know, and it's never making it too much of a commitment. It's, it's, you might grow this great friendship where you actually really enjoy, you know, that connection and, 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 and connecting with people that way. And that's great if that happens. But I think, you know, um, I think really, and especially now we're all getting so used to this, to, to zoom or, or any sort of virtual chat that can be a great way with minimal, you know, effort that you can actually create a mentorship opportunity and work with somebody that way. And that's cool. So I did that over this last summer for a student. I was introduced to her. She, um, goes to USC and we were talking about some stuff that she wanted to do. And I, and we basically, we actually created a kind of a virtual internship, but I'm hoping that it kind of, not with me, I actually connected her with somebody in my network. I connected her with somebody down in, in, in actually in California. And uh, over the summer, they did a f some, some virtual chats and things like that. And they were able to do a little bit of a kind of a mentorship that way. But that wouldn't have happened if she hadn't reached out to me. And if we kind of collectively hadn't talked about it and thought that would be a good idea. And, um, but that, you know, I, I, that can be really, really valuable. And it might be somebody who's not even in your city, right? It could be somebody across the country. But now with technology, we're able to make that happen. And we can learn a lot about that, maybe even leverage their network and, and people they know. So it's it's amazing what we can actually get accomplished for that kind of thing. And and, and I do believe in and I'm, I'm a huge fan of, of that mentorship piece. I, so I wanted to ask you about uh, about mindset. How how does mindset come into play with the advice you give people and how has it helped you in your life? How do you utilize it for success? Well, for me, uh, you know, mindset, 
uh, I could sometimes I, I, I tie that in with a little bit of vision, like what's your vision? What's the vision you have? And I, I'm a huge fan of setting a vision that's really big. I mean, you could imagine, uh, you know, seven different companies, um, you know, lots of different nonprofit boards. Uh, you know, I, I set pretty big vision for myself and the vision I believe that I can accomplish. And, and so it starts with that. Like, I, I think you should set a really big vision for yourself and, and to and start to, you know, really believe that you can make this happen and to, and to kind of see yourself in those, in those places and what that looks like. So I think that's a start. Like you got to kind of have a lot of, have a big kind of big, big vision. And then you got to, you know, it, it comes back to that growth mindset of like, you know, it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to fail, that those are all going to be learning opportunities you know, I think for us in starting our companies, we recognize that, 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 that and I even, you know, it, it, that alone got me off the blocks to even start my first company, which was that if I fell flat on my face, if my business partner and I, if we fell flat on our face, that I believed enough in myself that that would be a learning experience that I would be able to pick myself up, that I could go do something else. I believed enough in myself that I could, you know, that I could go find another marketing job and do this. and so. That, you know, if, if I would have let fear kind of run that, I would have never started that company in the first place and never would have been able to do what I'm doing today because it's so easy. To, and I'm, I'm a huge believer in not having uh, any regrets. Like, I don't, I just don't want to regret that. Oh, remember that time we talked about starting that company? That's a horrible feeling. And so, you know, I'm, I'm okay with having to pick myself up. And I was lucky that I, I my wife was is a, is a big supporter, and she'd be like, "This is kind of crazy, but I I support you. Like, let's let's go." And so I was lucky to have her in my corner, like you know, telling me that, like, "Hey, I think we can we can make this happen." And and if you do fall flat on your face, then we'll figure something out. Like, whatever, we'll, it's not the end of the world, you know. And and I think if you remember that, and you remember that, like, hey, it's not the end of the world. That you are going to learn something. And that you just really kind of put that growth mindset to work. And it's like, believe in that it's going to be great things that I'm going to learn from. You know, we talk about like manifesting, you know, things to come to life. And, and I think there's some truth to that in the sense of like believing and seeing and where you want to go. But then that has to be coupled with action, right? So you have to, you can't expect that to happen and just magically manifest it. That you have to come alongside with, with, the, with the action as well to make it happen. And if you do, I think you'd be surprised at kind of what comes out. And so it's just that belief that, hey, I'm moving in the right direction. I might not have it all figured out. I'm going to give myself some grace along the way. But this is going to be a fun journey. I'm okay with the winding path. This is going to be exciting. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. And I, I, to, for me, that's, that's, a, that's kind of the, the mindset you have to have and, and to go into. Yeah. So two, th two things from that. One, just more of an observation but I'm definitely seeing a very reoccurring theme of the importance of who you choose to spend your time with and who you surround yourself with. Um, you know, I think it first came up when you mentioned how like, okay, sometimes you need to step back and talk to the people around you and definitely an issue at, at every school and every, I mean, people, people want to be liked by people and do things that other people are doing, but it's a big issue if your friends are around and they're not in, they don't have that growth mindset they don't have ambitions and then you ask them what you should do i don't think those answers are really the ones you want to hear so i think and like you your your wife you said is very supportive and of your ambitions even if it sounds a little crazy um man i i found so much truth in like the people you, who you're with 
create your reality because it's so much of how you see the world and how you see yourself. Um, but on a side note, and this is a question back to you, um, playing off of that mindset, what are some things, uh, maybe their habits, maybe their values that you think people should practice to develop their mindset? I know you mentioned journaling a little bit. Um, yeah, like how do you really hone in and chisel down that, that strong mindset? Yeah, I mean, I think that, well, here's the here's the crazy thing that I'm a little unique in the sense of I don't think I've ever written a goal down anywhere. And and that sounds weird and and a little bit uh, you know and, and and writing goals down is is works for you and that's what you need. I'm all for that. Um I've just been able to kind of keep it front and center right here and just be like I guess because it's just like this flashing neon sign in probably the front of my brain of like where I want what I want to do and where I want to go so it's I don't really need to write it down anywhere because it's like so, you know, it's right there. Um, but, you know, I, I think that, that it's important to just kind of to, to see kind of where, where you want to go, what that looks like. And, and, and again, if that works for you, if, if writing things down and goal setting that way is, is, is good, I say do it. Um, but there has to be that on some level, there has to be a bit of a belief in yourself that you can, that you can actually move in that direction. I think a lot of, we limit ourselves a ton by like, Oh, that's unrealistic. That'll never happen to me. The music industry. Oh, I, I actually have a passion for the music industry too. So I'd love to hear you say that. Um, if, if I would have probably taken this advice back then, I probably would have gone into the music industry and done something down that path. Um, whether it's audio engineering or producing music or something that and i'm not like a fantastically great musician i just have a passion for that industry right but i think that's where a lot of people stop well i'm not an amazing musician i'm not i'm not an amazing singer so i guess well music i can't be in the music industry and it's like wait what no like lean into that there's you know there's some beautiful things about that and i think a lot of people don't give themselves the chance to dream big the chance to like okay um, you know what that sounds crazy, but I'm going to do some research and I'm going to find out if that could be me. And like, you kind of just have to lean into that a little bit. And that's awkward for a lot of people because, um, it might feel weird. Even it might even feel weird to say that. Right. So you don't want to go home and tell your parents that you're kind of, you know, I'm going to start researching the music industry. Like what? Like, you know, you might get that, you know, people like that to you know tell you that they, and our parents love us to death and they want the best intentions for us. But like I said, oftentimes it's not, we don't always hear the message about follow your dreams and, you know, follow your passions. It's, it's, Hey, just get it. You know, you know, does that job pay good money when you're done? Okay. That, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds good. Well, go do that. And, and again, they, again, incredibly well-intentioned, but not always the, Oh, you know, follow your dreams and do that. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of rambled on there, but I, I just think that that we've we've got to give ourselves a little bit of grace, but we also have to believe that we can move in those directions and that we can actually uh, start to go down a path that will be of of value to us and our future. Yeah, that value piece I think is huge, and I think that, that that's a very interesting point. I think that's where that divide I think sometimes between parents and kids is. The parents might see value in stability, but these kids see value in fulfillment and passion and i wonder if there's like this generational piece because i think the the general like my parents generation they did not have the opportunities that we do it is like we could do anything kids are making six figures opening toys on youtube yeah, right. oh yeah <laughs> like you could you could literally do anything yeah 
it's so weird. Yeah, but, but yeah, I, but let's I, break I, that down for a minute, right? Like, so Liam, you have to. Oh, I could make you know a lot of money opening toys on YouTube. So then you have to actually start to research YouTube. You actually have to start to research what are the and there's right there's tons of videos of how do you make money on YouTube, but you actually have to put the energy into researching that. And then, oh, I might have to figure out kind of my audio setup and all of that. And I might have to do this stuff. And I think sometimes the, oh, I might have to do this. I might have to do that. I might have to do that. Like stops people and like, oh, I don't know. Right. So we don't even get out of the gates because, you know, and the, and what, what should we go do? We should go open some, some, some toys and, and, and put a ugly, really bad video up on YouTube just so we can start creating some content and we can actually start moving and we, we can actually start getting down a path. And then we have to like, again, give ourselves some grace to put out an ugly video to do that. I think from a creative standpoint, we hold ourselves back so much because when, I mean, even take the book, for example, when we put some sort of creative endeavor out in the world, like, and whether it's a video or, or whatever, it's like, it gives us like a chance to be judged. And we're like, Oh, like I, I don't, uh, you know, and I don't want to be judged on this. And, and, but you know, we've got to have some thicker skin, so that we can live into what we're passionate about and do and try those things. I think that's where fear comes in. I think people are most scared of pursuing things that they care the most about. And that's where passion comes in. And then it's, I feel like it's, it's almost this ironic point you have to cross or this line you have to cross. Like I'm scared to go into music because dude, I love music. And if I fail in that, what am I worth? Right. And it's about like, you, you, you are not scared of things you don't care about, right? I had no fear of going and being a marketing assistant at some firm in Seattle because I didn't care about doing that. Yeah. And so this, this, this fear, but it's like that passion is what holds you back as well. It's so funny. Yeah, I agree with that. Oh, I, uh, just off your point, that's such a valuable point. I really think um, if something's valuable to you, you, that's kind of where that fear comes from because it means something to you. You don't want to fail in it. Um, and so I, I wanted to ask, um, how would you, how would you recommend overcoming self-limiting beliefs to gain the confidence to push forward? You know, after you kind of dip your toes in a field, um, how do you, how do you overcome those self-limiting beliefs, um, to reach that kind of big vision? Cause I think at times it can be scary when you set, at least for me, cause I've, I've, my whole life, I've always considered myself a dreamer where I set these big goals and I visualize about my future. But at times it gives me anxiety. It's like, whoa, that's a big, but yeah. So how to overcome that? Well, I think we have to ask ourselves, what's the worst thing that happens if you don't reach your goals? It's not life or death. We're not, you know, it's, it's not the end of the world. You might, you know, have to live up to the fact that you didn't make that happen. Okay. Yeah. Like, it happens. Like I don't. It, I think again. Well, I'm not even going to attempt that because I don't want to have to have to you know get to that point to answer that question. Or say it's like I think we 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 don't even start because we're so scared of that 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 potential outcome. But again, it, let's say and there's a million of these stories. The person who just going back to the music industry who does that and actually starts to and one of my answers to your question a little bit would say to is. Um, is you know getting those little wins by reaching out into you know and 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 finding something and learning a little bit more and then and, and maybe getting in that in that, that interview or the informational interview or something or getting that internship or it's sometimes having those little wins that help move you down that path 
But what I was going to say was, you know, especially to the music industry is you could go do that. And if you have the courage to move forward and, and start to figure some things out, go ask some questions, do the research. Maybe you do get an internship or you actually end up get your first job in the, in the industry. And then you actually stumble upon movies, right? And you were doing music for this film and, and you actually found there was a job within that that you actually found really energizing and it really thought was cool. What if you never had taken the chance in the first place to like go down the music path and then found this potential pivot to move into this, that would be sad. It would be a bummer that if you didn't actually do that. So I think, again, you got to be, oh, I use all these Tylerisms, right? These cliche, the winding path, accept and, and be open to the winding path. There's so much to learn along the winding path, but you just have to be able to, to, to you know, be okay with that. And you're going to stumble and you're going to fall and you're not going to get the traction you want sometimes. But then other times you do and you're like, okay, cool. I'm liking this. And then be that adaptable part of what am I liking? What am I not liking? What's going on? How is this working? And, 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 and using that to your advantage. Yeah. I think we found the episode title, The Winding Path. I think that sums up everything pretty great. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there it is. Yeah. That is perfect. Tylerism, <laughs> The Winding Path. <laughs> I'm sure somebody said it before me, the importance of it. But, uh, oh, and like I said, and I did, I referenced that book, um, by David Epstein, you know, range, he really talks about that and the importance of it. Uh, and I don't know if he actually used, I can't remember if he uses that exact term, but, but it's that, it's that notion. And we, and, and I think that's the thing. Oftentimes we have a preconceived idea of how things should go instead of stepping back and our mindset being like, Hey, I'm going to embrace what comes. I'm going to, I'm going to move. I'm, I'm not going to just going to sit here. I'm still going to move. But along this, you know, while I'm moving and along this windy path, I'm going to accept what comes and I'm going to digest it. I'm going to understand it and I'm going to take it and learn from it. And that's what, you know, I think we have to switch our mindset to, to do that. Um, you know, and, and on some level affect life, not let, you know, life affect us. That there's this idea that I'm going to affect the life around me. I'm going to make things happen. I'm going to do this. I'm just not going to sit there and, and have everything affected on me. And I think that's incredibly important as well. Yeah, the proactive versus reactive nature, definitely. Um, and I, I, I like what you said about those expectations because we've talked about that a little bit on the podcast in the past. And there was, Ryan, I don't know if you were there, but there was some retreat at Gonzaga. And this quote stuck oh. with me. They said, raise lower your hope, but lower your expectations. That was men's retreat freshman year. You yeah. That? Dude, that's been such a great quote. I've thought about that all the time all the time those expectations are toxic i mean yeah of course you have to have standards but there's a difference between having a standard and then being like okay well i'm gonna get this and then i'm gonna feel this way versus like oh i see the possibility of uh, achieving this i don't know how it's gonna feel when i do but if you don't have that expectation it's hard to be disappointed and that's where that that failure builds up because i mean I'm sure there's plenty of examples, Tyler, because you've, you've had some failures, you've had some successes. Um, but I think if your expectations are so high, even if there's a success, it could be a failure to you and that could be discouraging. So I think that, and then again, it just plays into like this social media narrative of who's successful and your expectations of like, oh, I, I see this person as having a cool job. They're probably happy. Once I get what I think is a cool job, I'll be happy. And those expectations, just kind of drag you down to, and then, ah, man, the ego plays into it. And I think this, the cultural impact of it all is, is, is yeah, terrible. I totally agree. 
Terrible, terrible. So I guess on that notion, like what were some, some of the biggest lessons you learned from those failures that you've had? I think some of them are like that it's going to be okay, <laughs> that that it doesn't define me. It doesn't define me as a person. The failure of this, you know, uh, we've had a you know some businesses that didn't really work out, and that those didn't really define me as a business person. That it that it was okay to fail, and that stung a little bit, of course. But that 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 hey, that's okay. I, you know, you're gonna life's gonna you're gonna have some successes. You're gonna have some failures. It's just crazy how much we think we think that those totally define us. But the truth is people aren't, at least the people we care about and truly the ones that we love, they're not, they're not looking at that going, oh yeah, that totally defines you as a human being. Like that, that's crazy. Um, maybe the people who you don't care about who, and who don't care about you might think it defines you as a human, but man, we need to shed that and get that out of there. That's, that's negativity that, that none of us need. So I think for me, that was a big one. It's just that this didn't define me as a human being. It didn't define, it didn't make me a bad businessman because I failed this one thing. I got other, you know, successes that I can, you know, hang my hat on and be proud of. But I, that's, I highly, I, I would say that's probably one of the biggest ones. A lot of good nuggets. Um, I mean, I, th I think we're kind of reaching towards the end of uh, our time limit here. You know, our generation's got a pretty slow or short attention <laughs> span. Um, is there anything else you want to leave us with, Tyler? Some some pieces of the book we missed out on, you know, promote yourself, get those dates out there, businesses. There's a lot, a lot of our fans or not fans. Some of the listeners are from Spokane, so they could definitely help you out of it. Well, I'm, we're grateful for that. Uh, you know, the, the juice bar, Method Juice Cafe. Yeah, Method Juice Cafe and the Union are, are, are always grateful. We love our, uh, the, the Zag family that's here. It's, it's pretty fantastic, actually. Um, yeah, again, I would love for people, to, if this is you know, ringing true to anybody, is uh, to reach out. People can always, I'm just Tyler at be more like you.com. They can reach out for that. Um, if they, you know, if they have questions or they're interested, I, I'm, I always welcome, you know, listening and hearing from people. And, and if I can help somebody in, in any way, I, I'm happy to do it. Uh, the book's hopefully going to come out. Like I said, it's, it's, it's being final editing right now. And we, we hope to get it out in early January is, is the plan. But, uh, you know, I think the, the biggest thing that I would leave your listeners with is, is honestly, is to give themselves that, that grace that they need, that this just the not, you know, that they are amazing human beings and they are going to do great things and they are going to move in great directions and just to give themselves some grace to, to be able to make that happen. And that's, it's all okay because they will, they absolutely will. Thank you, Tyler. Your, your positive mentality is, is infectious. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Tyler.